<clears throat> have fellowship with you, a fellowship with believers, Lord. And we just thank you for the blessing that comes in your presence. And we will give attention to your word. Your word is full of life, hope, and encouragement. And that's what we need to live this life for you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Um, well, uh, Pastor Mary is uh, uh, applied for her new apartment. And the Lord did tell me to to just tell you to speak of it as though it's yours he said if you you uh you can pay your vows to the lord and you're you're faithful to god so he said if you decree a thing you will have it so just say that's mine that's my apartment that's my apartment amen and it comes to you like that amen that wonderful praise god it's not hard is it just got to release our faith on these things and it's it's good so we're going to talk about this wonderful life that we have in god amen it's a wonderful life that we have in him and uh, there's no two ways about it it's wonderful in in many different aspects uh, it is a miraculous life and that's one of the wonders about this life but it's full of wonder there's all kinds of of interesting twists and turns in our life that we live for god i don't know about you but uh, when i was growing up i couldn't think of have doing what I do now preacher was not in my my thoughts at all um, and so that's one of the wonders of this life that you can be totally convinced that your life is going down this street and you meet Jesus and it goes in a totally different direction and it's a wonderful direction uh, I can't tell you the boredom that I think people who have the life that I used to, to live are experiencing uh, it's kind of programmed you know when I was uh, growing up everything was get a good education and you know this is very important to your your well-being and so forth and so on and I look at some of the uh, people that I used to be one of them and they're dry dull boring uh, you know a lot of the people you see in media professors and people like that that's where I came from and so I look at how uneventful that type of life is you know just going from one uh, one uh, experiment to the next or one discussion to the next ever learning never coming to the knowledge of the truth that kind of thing and then I think about all the wonderful things that Jesus has introduced me to <laughs> since I've known him and it does not compare so I don't want that boring dull life again and see people on that side think what we have is boring and what they have is all exciting you know until they step over if you can ever get them to come over on your side of the fence they'll get to see what life is like in your garden and so that's that's what our quest is as believers to go out and make disciples of all men and tell them about this wonderful life that we have in God so our miraculous life the word wonder also means miracle a miracle is something that you marvel at and certainly we are all walking miracles amen we were dead people and we received a new <coughs> life in Christ and that's a wonderful thing but this miraculous life that we live or this uh, wonderful life that we live starts at the foot of the cross and that's kind of an uh, not a likely place for a miracle but that's where the miracle first miracle of the new birth takes place is in acknowledging Jesus as savior and coming to a knowledge of the truth about him uh, and having that truth revealed in your heart that truth is is revealed through the preaching of the gospel the bible says the gospel is the power of god unto salvation for everybody who believes and so if we will be faithful to just share the truth about god what's he done for you what what did you what did he do i i look sometimes at some of the people who have done great things in god and and when you think about what they they have going for them or what 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 is the strength of of what they minister to people it's always their testimony it's the testimony about how God transformed their lives uh, through Jesus Christ Joyce Meyer has built a humongous ministry on her testimony uh, that testimony allows people to know number one that she's genuine 
that she's real that she's she's got a marvelous and a wonderful life now and she gives all the credit to God and talks about how he is yet transforming that life into what he wants it to be so so that preaching of the gospel and sharing your testimony is something that has great weight uh, in the earth. It, it it is something that if if you can can be humble enough to share it uh, with everybody who will listen, uh, God can do miraculous things. He can bring them into a wonderful life just through the strength of your testimony. Don't ever take your testimony for granted. Don't ever compare it with somebody else's. That may seem a lot more. Uh, you know, it's like some people. You know, you just listen to them, and some you. Want want to get a popcorn and you know <laughs> put your feet up just you know put it on widescreen and uh, <laughs> it's like one thrill after another with with some people so don't over compare everybody's testimony we all come from humble beginnings and we all there was a day when we met the Lord through somebody else's testimony somebody else's words or somebody else's efforts or something like that uh, I so glad my friend Linda Bell came in she uh, was very very instrumental in um, uh, uh, the Hope Evangelical Ministries, if some of you are familiar with that. Uh, she was there at the beginning. Weren't you there at the beginning? And uh, she was like a one-woman army bringing people into that ministry, and many of them are still there. So you just never know when, when it's upon you to share Christ with people. Go forth sharing Christ like nothing before, because this is the wonderful life that God has given us to share with other people people so it all starts at the foot of the cross that's where your first miracle takes place John 3 16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life so uh, and, and he says he didn't give his son to condemn the world but the, through the world might be saved through him and for some reason people think when you share the truth about the gospel with people you are condemning them but you are really inviting them if they will allow that truth to sink into them and understand the gravity of their sin and repent and leave it at the foot of the cross then Jesus will lift them up with him into everlasting life so sometimes we don't get to to the good news good news uh, for people condemning us because they feel the power of the conviction of their sin but you're going to feel the weight of your sin and then it gets lifted off because of what Christ has done for us and so that conviction that's a good place to be because you don't want to shake that off and, and say you know that's not you know you're hating on me or, or you know condemn the Christian try to kill the messenger because of the message but you want to allow people to understand the power of what Christ did for them uh, I think <clears throat> probably one of the the greatest gifts that the body of Christ was given was that uh, movie the passion of the Christ uh, sometimes God can get a hold of people at times in their life where they're really yielded to him we know Mel Gibson uh, did that movie and and he's kind of like his life isn't gone real well since then but you can't dispute the truth of of how it was depicted the gravity of sin and how Jesus paid the penalty for that and and that's a place for rejoicing because he because of what he suffered on our behalf it entitles us now to enjoy the life that he's given us not that we minimize what he did and we don't stay there at the cross going on and on about it but we understand and, and we appreciate what he did and so our life started out with a death but that death then was raised up into eternal life which is a totally different quality of life than, than we've ever known before this is a new type of a life that's never been known before the Bible says if any man be in Christ he is a new species he's a new uh, brand of person and old things are passed away and if you look all things have become new I think as Christians we need to quit lamenting the old and start looking for new things 
You know, I mean, we can put the old behind us once and for all and start enjoying the new. In fact, that's the only way to enjoy this this wonderful life is to let this life be the focus and, and all that other stuff. You know, as people are still wander, wandering around talking about their dysfunctional uh, childhood. Well, you're going to have a dysfunctional now if you keep focusing on that. You know, you want to get beyond that because the person that that happened to uh, is is been dead you know there's nothing left of that life anymore and so you can lay hold on this life by faith in fact in first timothy 6 if you'll turn there it tells us to lay hold on eternal life it says fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life so this new life, this wonderful life is something that we have to grab and grasp and, and possess it as ours. And we possess it by faith. We, we experience it through the word of God and we come to understand what God is doing through his word. But we still have to lay hold of it. Other than that, it'll just be a fairy tale to us. It'll just be something that maybe we wish we could get or something that doesn't seem to be close enough to us. So you have to lay hold on these things and you lay hold on it through wrestling, huh? fighting the good fight of faith because there will be things that come up that will, will challenge your desire to go forward in this life with God, you know, so it's a fight that shouldn't discourage you it should make it more exciting. Huh? It's legal to fight now. But remember when you were growing up, you had to be nice to everybody and obey. Well, guess what? It's legal to fight now. Amen. And so what we are doing is we are fighting to overcome obstacles. So this is more like a, uh, and it is a, a, an actual wrestling against the forces of darkness that would try to pull us into the old life or, or pull, pull the reality of eternal life away from us. And so it is a fight. You have to, you have to maintain what God's told you. You have to hold on to that and not let it go, even in the face of uh, situations and, and thoughts and ideas and imaginations and dreams and visions and all kinds of things that will tell you that what God's telling you is not for you telling you it's not so I can remember my early days as a Christian and in you know sometimes you get in in uh, situations where nice well-meaning people but we were always told that you know if you if you got too too uh, believing of the word you know you like took it too literally at face value oh well I've seen people who would believe like that and that never happened for them you know there was always somebody to beat you back and discourage you from stepping out in faith and totally believing God's word when I first read uh, the uh, in in Exodus where where God threw the uh, the water in the the branch in the bitter waters and so forth and made him sweet and he said I made a statute and an ordinance none of these diseases are for my people I'm the Lord that heals you and so I stood on that for years and I, I remember saying to myself I said I can't get disease I'm being obedient to God I'm living for God his life flows through me I have no disease until 60 hit me uh, <laughs> well you know the fight was easy it's easy when you're feeling huh when you're 50 and you feel 35 but when 60 hits you it's kind of like uh none of these you know it begins to be a question mark then so then i have to fight harder to hold on to my faith that i've always held i mean the word doesn't change god doesn't change nothing changes it's just my attitude toward it so i'm telling you and i'm thinking to myself if i'm doing this at 60 what am i doing at 80 you understand what i'm saying we are not going down to disease we're believing in god's word none of these diseases are for us he doesn't put them on us he's the god that heals us and so we have to lay hold 
on eternal life. You got to lay hold on these things and the things that are of eternal life. Now the, the word that, that the New Testament uses for life and this word is, is actually used for natural life as well at times but it tends to take a new a different turn in in the nuances of the meaning and how it's used in the New Testament is the word zoe which refers it can refer to natural life given at birth but in the New Testament it speaks specifically to the life given by God through Jesus Christ so in its usage not just its raw definition in its usage in the New Testament it refers to this life that's given by God through Jesus Christ to those who believe the gospel is given only to those who believe in the New Testament it's often preceded by the word eternal which means it's of an endless duration hmm. Endless duration. This emanates <clears throat> from the Father. So Zoe emanates from the Father, the giver of life. So the Father imparts this Zoe life to all who are qualified to receive it. And we receive it when we confess Christ. Got me? You confess your sins and pick up eternal life. Amen. You can't go into this kingdom with sin on you. It has to be repented of, renounced, and you walk <clears throat> into eternal life. John 1 2 says, This life is the light of men. Yes. So this life lights us, it lights our path, it brings enlightenment to us, it brings clarity to us, it brings wonders of understanding to us because it's light and it's life. Consider that you wake up in a dark room and it's not only dark but the power's off. And you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And then all of a sudden uh, you know, a light maybe comes on or, or maybe somebody opens a, uh, the door to another room and that little ray of light comes in. Well this is the way God's life uh, impacts the human soul. It brings us out of darkness <clears throat> into light. It brings enlightenment to us. It brings understanding to us. It brings vision and hope. All of the things that life would bring, that light brings to us, this new life brings to us. So you get uh, an abundance of life-giving essence when you when you step into this life that Christ has given us. There is no more darkness. There is no more wondering. Everything's clear. Everything's open. If you don't have the answer now, the answer will come because there's hope that the answer's coming. See, it's never about when you're in Christ. It's never about will He do it. It's it's more like when. You know, for us, you know, I mean, if you really want to get nosy with it, but really, then this life has the ability to sustain us in peace and sustain us in hope and encouragement, even when we're waiting on things that we are hoping for to come to pass. So it's wonderful in that sense, in that there is no darkness whatsoever here there's no wondering there's no uh there's no guesswork there's no doubt in this life this life is full of everything that you need to sustain yourself uh in this earth and in the in the uh, world to come and so it's a totally complete life and this is a life that that goes on and on and on throughout eternity it actually grows on the inside of us because it's not just a life force but it is a person Jesus comes and dwells in us and he is the light that inhabits all men 2 Timothy 9.10 says this life comes only through the gospel we said this so there is only one way to the father and to this wonderful life and Jesus is the way and the work of the atonement and a life of sacrifice is what he demonstrated in order to qualify to give this life to all men.
This life is a giving and a forgiving life. So you can can freely give of the things that God has given you without fear of running out of anything. See that eternal quality of this life gives you a sense that there's more coming. There's more here that I never get to the bottom of it. I never get to the end of it. Other than that people wouldn't be able we wouldn't be able to sustain the work of the ministry down here on earth. If you didn't have this sense on the inside of you this sense the Zoe life brings with it a sense and a confidence in abundance and an everlasting and bottomless bottomless amount of of what God has for you. I don't care what it is that you give. If you give money, if you give time, if you give whatever it is that you give, if you give it in faith and confidence and you give it with the assurance that God is with you and, and he's helping you in these things, you're, you have no room to feel stingy about it, fearful about it, uh, be, uh, have cares and worries and woes hanging on you that, that you're at the end of something because there's always more. There's always more. I remember uh, speaking with someone in the early days of our ministry. And they were getting discouraged because they had been praying for something. And it hadn't happened yet. And so uh, I was thinking about it. And I said, well, God, I don't know what to tell this person. And he said, you know, there's always another prayer to pray. There's always another scripture to hold on to. There's always another praise to give so that I can refresh you and encourage you. There's always more. And so that gave me a good understanding of what this eternal Zoe life is all about. When you say eternal, endless, bottomless, that means that there's always more. So your hope comes because you never get to the end of your prayers. You never get to the end of your possibilities. You never get to the end of your hope you never get into the end of anything in God because you can always go to him and get reassurance and get more and pray another prayer and and ask another thing and find something else to do you know I can remember you know reading that scripture having done all stand and I would stand for a minute and I want to sit down and quit the next and God said I told you to stand and so I would say I'm standing I'm standing and that became my confession to fight weariness I'm standing thank you God I'm still standing thank you God I'm still standing and believing you for this thank you that I am standing so that bottomless endless thing becomes real to you when you when you get to the end of what your brain can figure out what your mind can see there's always more there's more in that well that comes through Christ Jesus and thank God he lives in us man if you were trying to live this life by yourself and pull for the supernatural and believe for stuff you'd have a hard time and thank God he can live with all of us there are some days I don't want to live with me you know, I don't want to be me some days, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way. But he lives with us regardless. He he can make his abode. If he can sleep in the bottom of a boat that's filling up with water, he can live in me and you. Amen. He can live in us drowning folk with our drama and, and uh, carrying on, you know. Uh, I, I kind of, it, it was kind of funny when. Uh, 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 Pastor Shirley, you know, I lived with her for the first year after my husband passed away, and uh, that was the year Bianca was born. And uh, you know, she would she got big enough to start going up steps, and when she would go up the steps, she'd go whoo, whoo, whoo. And I said, "Where'd she get that from?" Well, and then when I went up, I was go whoo. <laughs> Woo! The poor little thing, she thought that was the way you go upstairs. She just. <laughs> and then they get older. Now, Rachel lives with me, and she's she's uh nine now yeah she's been around for a few years and she would she would come in the house and go oh it's just so beastly hot out <laughs> and i said where did she get that from and then, and then i think about myself when i come in i'm worse than she is you know they have all these all this drama and 
<laughs> well, if Jesus can live with all of that, us with our, you know our little yenta stuff, and you know be out, you know like we're dying every five minutes, but you know He can dwell with us in harmony and peace and love and love us right where we are with our meltdowns and hot flashes and cold flashes and cold sweats and all of that kind of stuff. So it's it's just wonderful what He can do for us and the love that he has for us you know it's just wonderful so no never fear God hasn't fallen out with you uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't pack up and move out of anybody you know that I know of and so you know it's a good thing to know that that eternal life is always there and he's always encouraging us in this life uh, the Holy Spirit is quite an encourager and he will stir you up and shake you up and wake you up and and help you to get on your way and, and do the things that God wants you to do so and there's a purpose to why he's there with us uh, because God has a mission for us and then that's one of the wonders of this life that we are all called to ministry for God and and that's the great thing that he can take broken humanity and have such confidence in his ability to restore us that he can then entrust us with eternal life as we minister it out to others that's a great thing that's a miraculous thing to me that he can trust us from the least to the greatest and he just wants us to open our mouths so we can he can fill it with words <clears throat> that's the great thing about that uh, one of the things about this this wonderful life that we live is that it is um, a life that we have together with Christ in Ephesians 2 so you're not alone in this life at all uh, you know that uh, thing that that you know there's a a a uh, false understanding of who we are sometimes where people will uh, complain that they are lonely um, that that they want human company or something like that and and sometimes you know uh, your life can be so full now contrast that with say like a mother who's got small kids and she's dying to get along with God you know <laughs> can we get the kids out of the way so we can you understand what I'm saying so the enemy plays us both ways if we let him he'll put these ideas of uh, you know just because you you lost someone or lost a loved one that doesn't mean you're a lonely person you don't have to be lonely and I know because I've experienced loss of loved ones and, and I know the devil played that game with me for a while and then God would begin to talk to me and he said you got me you got me and then I'd feel so bad you know that I'd sat there and said something that foolish uh, you know and I, I just would say well God I miss my husband he said well that's okay he said but but you're not alone you see you're not alone you're not alone and so you know and then I thought about it and I said well you know most of the time he was in there with that remote control <laughs> Clicking it at anything that moved and did, click it on me. Give me some, you know, give me some, give me, give me this. Okay, Lord. I feel you, Jesus. So God was my friend and my companion when my husband was alive. He was my best friend when he was, you know. So the devil will play these tricks with you to get, to see if he can get you to, to take a dive over in his pool of, of nonsense. And so you got to learn how to resist that. So Ephesians 2 says, but for God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that's so important for us to know that you have someone who guides you through this God forbid you ever think that you're sitting there and, and he's not you're not in him doing this you wouldn't know the first thing to do to, to resist the devil or to even know when the devil's around most people can't discern, discern when, when the devil is afoot you know they just step right into his traps all the time and so we have to really understand that we are together with him 
Amen. That will know the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. They're exceeding riches, exceeding grace, exceeding kindness. And so this goes beyond human understanding. And that's why it's so wonderful. It, it, it makes you stand back and marvel at all the great things that God has done. <clears throat> Every now and then it's good to take uh, a second trip through the New Testament. I know most of us read it when we were new believers and, and you know we, we go on to sophisticated things. But it's good to take a good trip through the New Testament and, and understand the reality of Christ and what God has done uh, with us and for us. And so we have this life packaged up in the person of Jesus who lives in us. And so Jesus is complete and whole. There's nothing missing from him. He has scars, covenant scars, as reminders to us in him that he is the same Jesus that was nailed to the cross, now glorified. They didn't do a body switch on us. And so those scars are there as reminders that he has a covenant with us and he has paid for us. Even in a natural man's covenant, those scars were shown to show that you belong to somebody. We belong to him. And that's what those scars are for. They will ever be on his body as a continual reminder. When he looks at them, he remembers us and what he did for us. And, the, and that he, he can help us and come to our aid and rescue. Those things are very, very powerful. Very powerful. You know, some of the old, uh, I know we sometimes, you know, when you watch these old movies and channels like TV Land will show the old uh, cowboys and Indians type of um, um, movies. And if you'll notice, the Indian was always dressed and he had a staff or a scepter in his hand. And those things, if we look at them, they are perfect pictures of covenant uh, interactions because the the red man in this country was a covenant man he lived by covenant he didn't live by treaty when he when he signed and, and what they the government called treaties the red man looked at it as a covenant and oftentimes when they would have them lift their hands and say how they were showing covenant scars to show what tribe they belong to and that scar meant that you belong to somebody and, and whoever that tribe was if it was somebody that had a lot of power you got scared when you saw that and you didn't tangle with him because you knew that he would fight you whoever he was in league with would fight you to the last man. That's why uh, many times you will see the uh, the extinction of a whole tribe of uh, Native Americans because that's what they believed. If you raised a hand against them and broke that covenant, and that's why many times they fought uh, the United States government until there was no people left because that's what they believed. That's how strong that covenant was. Well, think about the covenant we have in Christ, how strong that is. It's an everlasting covenant. And so he will fight for us to the end. He will stand with us to the end. He will let his word be performed on our behalf to the end. Because those everlasting scars mean that he has paid the price for us. We are in him. We belong to him. We do not belong to the devil anymore. And the devil has no claim on us. And so he can't come for us because we are blood bought and so those scars are very very powerful and very very important in getting us to understand the uh, the uh, uh, essence of that what it all means that he will never leave us and never forsake us that's what those scars mean those scars mean that he paid for us in full and we belong to him we don't belong uh, to the devil anymore there was a woman <clears throat> some years ago uh, she was an entertainer her name was Lola Falana. I don't know if uh, anybody's familiar with her, but uh, Amen. And and some of you will remember her from uh, from having seen her on television. She was like a regular on the Tonight Show. Uh, she was a very very beautiful uh, African American woman. She was a very good dancer, excellent dancer. 
and she said she woke up one morning and her her leg was numb and she would get this numbness and tingling uh, in her legs and it, it was fearful to her and she would go to the doctor and, and they tried to diagnose it couldn't diagnose it they finally told her she had MS and she said that she said one day I was sitting in my uh, dressing room and, and I was getting ready to, to perform she said and I felt that thing try to take me she called it a thing because when the symptoms would come she was sensitive enough in the spirit to realize that it was a spiritual force trying to lay claim to her and she said I said this I said you can't have me I belong to Jesus I made Jesus my Savior and Lord when I was a little girl you can't take me Amen. now imagine She's out in the world, confessed Christ as a kid, out in the world dancing for the devil. But she still knows that those scars mean she belongs to him forever. You got me? You can lay claim, lay hold on eternal life. That's what she did. She laid hold on eternal life. And she began to fight that thing with her faith. And it brought her to repentance. It brought her back to God. And to this day, she has not danced another dance. She's not been in the world she's not done anything except live for God you got me and so these are things that we have to understand are very real they're very true and they're very powerful when when he dwells in us he is there as a permanent dweller he's not there to move in and move out and He's not there to, to live in a hidden corner. He's there to dominate our lives because he knows that this is the best life for us. Romans 6.23 tells us that this life, the Zoe life, is in God's Son. 6.23 says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's it it only comes through him. We need to know that our life is hidden in Christ and it's governed by a kingdom that is everlasting. So you remove from wherever you came from. Some people are born in countries where they're dictators. Some people are born in democracies. But now you've moved into a kingdom. And this king actually resides in us. The king of the kingdom lives in us. And we have to abide in him in order. We've got to cooperate with him, in other words, at all times in order to be productive in this wonderful life. It is a wonder how the kingdom works. It's a faith kingdom, number one, and it's an invisible kingdom. So when we talk about it, this kingdom is not of this world, but it is very real. There's evidence of this kingdom all around. God has citizens of this kingdom all over the world. This wonderful life is not a natural life. It's not meat and drink. Romans 14, 17 tells us. It's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So it's the fruit of the Spirit of God dwelling in us that gives us everything that we need. We're sustained not by natural fruit, but by spiritual fruit. So we can live a long time on this earth just feeding our spirits, you know, just and I'm, and I'm not saying neglect the natural, which, you know, I don't have to worry about saints. We don't <laughs> we dig right in when it's time for that. We all right with that. <laughs> but <laughs> but with God dwelling within us, the Holy Spirit bears fruit that sustains your spiritual man. So you have to really be cognizant of the needs of your spiritual man for his sustenance and the needs of your natural man for his sustenance. The Bible says bodily exercise profits little what you take in food wise just goes in and comes out so it's much more important what you feed your spirit than it is what you feed your body the bible says all your food is sanctified by the word of prayer so but you have to be particular about what you feed your spirit 
this is a, a kingdom the fact that this kingdom is not of this world was uh, a, a a kind of a stumbling block to the powers that be when Jesus walked the earth Pilate examined Jesus and there was a lot of reason to find fault in him here was a man that right in the midst of Roman rule and Romans didn't play around I mean if you if you said anything negative about Caesar you wouldn't be living to tell about it you know uh, there was easy to put people in dungeon type prisons for life it was easy to put them to death for for minor infractions but after examining Jesus Pilate found no fault in him even though and Jesus said my kingdom is not of this world so this kingdom that we live in is holy and blameless when it's examined by anybody of this uh, this temporal world so the kingdom of this world can examine the kingdom that we are citizens of and find no fault in us this is why to me it's a little senseless to cave into any kind of persecution and be afraid of people examining you and questioning you and and asking you why you do this this way and why you do that that way it's senseless to to be intimidated by that and and to be intimidated to speak up and share your testimony because even in close examination the smartest minds in this world find no fault in us they gotta let us go now, Jesus said take no thought for what you're going to say he said you're going to be examined you're going to be brought before judges and magistrates and all these kinds of people he said and the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in that hour right. so really when you think about it you don't need a lawyer to prep you uh, to go into court because you can go in there however God sends you in there and he will give you words to say that they will not be able to refute they're going to have to bow to what God says about you and, and if you're falsely accused you get let go if you're uh, being sued for no reason you don't have to pay that lawsuit because God will give you the words to say so that you you won't be able to won't have any judgment against you that's the other thing about this kingdom it's a holy kingdom it's a pure kingdom there's nothing wrong in this kingdom the enemy can accuse us but there's nothing wrong with us when we're abiding in Christ <clears throat> It's a faith kingdom. It's a kingdom that's unshakable. It's an everlasting kingdom. It's a kingdom you can depend upon because nothing ever changes here. It's built on God's word and it's built on a sure foundation. So you don't have to alter what you say. You don't have to worry that uh, God's going to change something and, and he won't stand up for you when you speak on his behalf or when you preach the gospel. He'll be right there for you. I don't care how good or how bad a job you do sharing your testimony. You ever talk to somebody about Christ and, and you walk away and you think to yourself, well, I didn't do very good. I mean, almost every time you'll have some kind of nagging negative thought about how you could have said that better or you could have done this better. or that. Well, God takes all of that and he perfects it. You know what that means? Whatever he has stick in that person's mind about what you said is what he wants them to know. I don't care how shabby that conversation was or how rough a start you got or how it ended up. The lasting impression is what God leaves. He just wants us to open our mouth so he can fill it with words. If we stumble over the words, if we forget half the words, if we bite off half of the words and refuse to bite off the other half, it does not matter because he takes what efforts we make and he perfects them so that they can be remembered by that individual. I remember the lady that shared her testimony uh, where I was working. I was working in a beauty shop at the time. And uh, I don't remember much about what she said except I remember she said she got saved. And I remember when, when, when that came back to me when I needed the Lord and didn't know the way to salvation I remembered those words and I said that sounds like what I need I need to be saved 
and and I went about a quest finding out how to be saved and of course God showed me how and he saved me you got me and so she she would share her testimony in as much time and detail as she could but I remember two words two words and those two words were what what uh, what God wanted me to remember out of that so in this kingdom it's a holy and a perfect kingdom you can't mess it up you can't goof it up you just get out here and give it your best shot and and and, and God will work with what you have he always works with what we offer him every offering is acceptable to God just given with a pure heart when you just lay it all down and say God just use me just help me to let somebody know that there's hope help me to help somebody to live another day to live and not die so that they can declare the works of the Lord and so that's how this kingdom operates. It's unshakable. It's immutable. It will not be overthrown by another kingdom. So you don't ever have to worry about somebody coming in stronger than God. And, and telling you you did wrong and don't preach the gospel anymore. Nobody can do that. These voices that are trying to hinder the, the Christian message from going forth are just that weak voices. And if you'll continue to proclaim and, be, and continue to say what God tells you to say, those voices will be made silent. They will be put to shame. The Bible says that. Everything, every tongue that rises up against us in judgment will be condemned. It'll be found to be in the wrong. And so if we can understand the power of this wonderful life comes from the kingdom that we represent and the king that we represent. He's a king who has overcome the world. That's why he tells us when persecution, affliction, all of these things come, he said, oh, just cheer up. I've over, I've, I've, listen, I put them, did you see what I did to the devil? Did you read over there in, in Ephesians where he, it says, I spoiled principalities and powers, made an open show of him. He said, I dragged him through the gates of hell, through the corridors of hell. Wherever the open show was, he made an open show. So all the spiritual forces know the devil's defeated. We've got to grab a hold of it and conduct ourselves in that way. Don't let anything hinder you from going forth with the message of the gospel. That is the message of our kingdom. It is a kingdom of high principles. You have to know that. On a solid foundation. People ask if, <clears throat> how can you prove uh, that a man didn't write the Bible? Well, well, it was inspired. We wrote it down. Men wrote it down. But it was inspired by God. And people always want to know, well, well, how do you know that it's God? Would any man say to love his wife like Christ loved the church? Would any woman say, honor your husband just as Sarah called Abraham Lord? Would any woman write to call your husband Lord? you got me so it has to come from a higher authority who is perfect in the way that they see things it's too perfect for it to be a man authored kingdom it's a holy kingdom where good rules and reigns okay only goodness rules this is a stark contrast between uh, there's a stark contrast between the kingdom of God that is hidden within us and the kingdom of this world this world's kingdom runs on what it can see what it can taste and what it can feel and what it can hear our kingdom runs on principles eternal things goodness peace long-suffering love kindness gentleness patience the fruit of the spirit that's what fuels our kingdom and propels our kingdom forward is advancing this fruit into the lives of as many people as it can touch and spreading that gospel of goodness to all. This is a, a kingdom that seeks out and roots out evil so that it can relieve oppression and make people whole. It's an everlasting kingdom and it's powered by supernatural life so this life is above the realm of the natural how far above far above God rules far above all principality and power 
it can remove and supplant any life that is built on natural things. So kingdom life can uproot, root out anything that the natural life produces. Like disease. Hmm? And like trouble. Debt. Sometimes people are so deep in debt they feel like they'll never get out. And then all of a sudden God gives you a plan to pay your debt. You notice I said pay your debt? Not just, you know, oh, I'm getting a debt cancellation. You know, if he did that for most of us kids, we'd go out and accumulate more debt as quick as we could. We need to pay them sometime. Then people you gave your word to, God gave his word to those people. If somebody owed you money, you wouldn't want somebody claiming debt cancellation and you have to do without. So God gives us a plan to pay our debts. He even did that with a widow. Huh? Oh, poor widow, her husband died and left her penniless. Uh Uh-uh, she had something. And when she called for the man of God, he put her to work. He said, go out and borrow some some containers. And he said, pay your debts first and then go live off the rest. That's God's order of things, to pay what we owe. And if we can be trustworthy people like God is trustworthy, then he will advance us. He will reward us and he will will see to it that we get rewarded for, for our good that we do. So this is a kingdom. That can remove and supplant natural life. Anything detrimental to you or negative to your health, to your joy, to your well-being, to your wholeness. The supernatural will come in and remove that. We just got to know how to use our faith to get these things to exercise our faith against these natural forces that are standing in the way of our wholeness and our well-being. So we can establish God's rule down here forever. The things that he gives to us, he means for us to have them forever. They are not temporary things at all. So whatever God gives you, don't let it slip away from you. Don't let it leave your life. Always hold on to those things so that you can can go and, and find them in times of, of need. The Bible talks about the kingdom of God being like a treasure chest where, where you they have both old and new things in there. There are going to be some things that God used you in when you were a new believer and you might put them in that treasure chest for a season and, and add new things to it and then go back again and, and pull out the old things that God used you with. I have a a friend uh, uh, who's an evangelist and she periodically will call me and ask me for for salvation tracts. And and I, I would tell her, I said, well, Jan, I said, remember, she said, well, when I first started, I told you God told me to go pass out tracks. And I didn't even know what a track was. And he told me to call you because you could tell me what a track was. <laughs> That's been like 30 years ago. And she still will go. She'll go out. And she'll take the bus down to public square with a purse full of tracks and just stand out, pass them out and tell people Jesus loves them, whatever message uh, that he has. So those are things. And she now has ministered where she'll go and do crusades and things like that but she still has that from the beginning old and new things in your treasury that you hold for God and and so you pull those things out you need them all God will cause you to use old and new things when in in ministry so this life also establishes good and removes evil so in that sense it's a confrontational life it's a wonderful life but it's a life that is not afraid to confront evil this life force is at work in us and through us so we overcome evil in our own lives things that would hinder our life with God and then we go out and avenge that thing as we see it loose in the world you got me says that you have to complete your obedience to the law of God when that's fulfilled then you can avenge disobedience so you can go out and take that revelation and take that power outside of yourself that's why sometimes people who have been delivered from drugs can have such a powerful impact on drug addicts to win them to Christ they have completed their obedience to 
to put that thing under their feet and now they go out and avenge disobedience to that law of God by preaching that same truth to others and seeing others be made free from that it's not that you have to have that kind of life to set those people free don't get me wrong but many times you'll see that same thing with healing people who have been healed supernaturally is you know this want at disease now because they see it as an enemy and they've overcome it it's it's under their feet and they have authority over it and so they go out as avengers avenging <laughs> the the uh, the bandit of sickness you know and casting him out and casting him down that kind of thing so and it's an irresistible life this life is irresistible in acts chapter 6 we see the preaching of stephen Acts 6 verse 10 verse 8 it says and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people this is a a life that is confirmed with signs wonders and miracles always preaching of the gospel is always confirmed with that says there arose certain of the synagogue which call the synagogue just called the synagogue of the libertines serenians and all of these people who were disputing him and they were not able to resist the wisdom amen and the spirit by which he spoke in other words the more people argue with you the more the holy ghost will grab them and wrestle them down that's where the wrestling occurs. So we should never be afraid and back down from the truth of God's word. I was looking at that ministry that we shared about last week in Exodus International to do as much good work as they've done for 30 years and then wind up apologizing for the work that they, I mean, how could you, what do you tell God when, when you stand before him? He gave them what, if it, if it was setting people free, God gave it to them, folks. You don't ever apologize for the gospel you don't apologize for the work of the ministry you know if there's something that needs to be cleaned up you offer that up to God in your prayer life and you let God settle it because he will certainly settle it but this isn't our word to 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 apologize for this is God's word and there's no apology for the gospel folks it's just we're just con- compelled to preach it and not make excuses and not apologize so his words were irresistible amen they were unable to resist the words that he spoke so we speak with wisdom we speak with uh, an eternal wisdom a supernatural wisdom the wisdom of the world is only temporary which means it'll hold up for a season and then it won't hold up anymore something else will come and take its place for instance, the, the, the house phone is now being replaced by the cell phone. Just makes sense. You know, it's, the only reason I have one is somebody tells me it's tied to the TV and the cable, which I don't care that much about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, take it. But, you know, they find ways to hold on. But every wisdom of the world will be replaced by a greater wisdom. That's just the way things happen. <clears throat> at one time the uh, train was the major mode of transportation if you wanted to go distances so were ships and boats but now they've been replaced by airplanes in a lot of ways so so all worldly wisdom will come will uh, pass away but the word of god won't his wisdom and his truth are established forever and this is a truth that cannot be denied cannot be denied why can't it be denied because it's confirmed with signs following you stand up and you preach the truth of God's word. Ah, triple double dog dare you to obey the unction to pray for somebody who's sick. I don't care where it is. In your cubicle at work. In the school where your kids are. Look at all the little sniffly noses running up to you. And you know you can pray a hedge around yours. But how about commanding a disease to leave the school in the name of Jesus? We're going to have a disease-free school this year. Everybody's going to go to school every year. No more sick days. No more nothing in Jesus' name. And start declaring these things in faith. Using your faith for the good. A lot of parents would like not to have to keep their kids at home. 
sick and, and see them grow up healthy. That'll be a blessing to all. So it's a good thing to know that it's a kingdom that cannot be denied. And we merely have to boldly declare this life and allow the wonders of God to be experienced by others. And that brings them to the foot of the cross. So you see this repeats itself over and over and over again. Once the, the gospel is preached and received, it brings us to the foot of the cross. We live this wonderful life before others and we preach the truth that we know. And that brings them to the same place that we met Christ at. And that's how he makes disciples of all men. That's, this wonderful life is a wonder because it keeps going on and on and on by the force of itself that keeps itself going and going and going. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us a glimpse of your glory. A glimpse of your kingdom, Father. We're confident in you, Lord. If nothing else, let us all come away with a confidence that you have a kingdom that you're serious about. It cannot be shaken. It cannot be moved. It's a kingdom of power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father, for giving us an invitation and an abode and, and a permanent place in this kingdom. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. And um, <clears throat> we'll do that. Pray.